Welcome to A New Human Story. In this series, I talk to young changemakers who are creating a better world for us all. Today, I'm very excited to be speaking with Valeria Horton, who is the founder of Green Reconnection, a virtual space designed for people who want to become more sustainable in their daily practices. Valeria is on a mission to help people reconnect with our home planet and with ourselves while enjoying the journey. I'm very excited because Valeria is calling in from Mexico City today, and it's one of my favorite places in the whole world. So welcome, Valeria. Thank you, Sonia, for having me in this incredible series. I'm very inspired. So thank you so much. It's great to have you. So why don't we start by getting you to tell us a little bit about your background and your journey to become a changemaker. Perfect. Well, as you said, I live in Mexico City. I have always lived here. It has been quite a complicated journey because first I wanted to be a cinematographer. And that's why I decided to study communication and media studies. However, during my career, I started to realize that maybe I should go and dedicate my career to sustainable development. So I thought, how can I combine my two passions? And that's how Green Reconnection was born, really, because I wanted to continue creating inspiring content through storytelling and filmmaking, but also try to help the world and make a change. That's amazing. You know, I find that even in my own journey, sometimes you set out on one path and uh, you're not sure where it's going to lead, but somehow it all comes together in a great way. And all the skills you pick up along the way really help to add value to what you can contribute. I know um, you mentioned on your website that, you know, you're not a scientist and you don't have that background, but everyone can contribute to making change in their own ways, right? Exactly. I think that we don't have to study a certain major in order to help in a certain problem. For example, I believe that we only need to think what role in society we play and then analyze how we can contribute to something every single day. It, it can't be only in our major or in our professional life, but also it can be in our personal life. And I think that that is a huge inspirational moments to really see that we have a lot of potential. Absolutely. I agree with you. We have so much potential as humanity that we have yet to unrealize still. And I think this is the beginning of a very exciting journey because I often call it, it's the reawakening of the human spirit where we begin to start to actually realize what potential we have and the impact we can make on our world and on each other and on building a better reality for everybody. So Tell me then a little bit about this project you started about the virtual space that you've created for people. It seems very practical. I know a lot of young people struggle because they're like, it's so overwhelming. There's so many problems. Where do we begin? Like, which issue do we choose? How do we even know what to do every day? And so people just don't begin anywhere, right? And they just decide they give up and they do nothing, right? Even though in their hearts, they really want to make a difference, right? And so sometimes uh, I think it's really hard to find a place to start. So how did you come up with this idea? And uh, tell us a little bit about Green Reconnection. Okay, well... When I started Green Reconnection, I was inspired by two causes. The first one was when I visited a school in Quetzalan, uh, which is a little town in the state of Puebla. 
this little town really changed my perspective about how we can live and and even be healthier and be connected with nature and continue using nature's resources, but with uh, understanding its limitations. So I visited Quetzalan and then I visited um, three schools. And one of the schools focuses on giving classes about sustainable development. And I was really amazed about that because I saw little kids from 11 years old knowing how to uh, compost or have a nortard or even take care of their medicine plants. So it was very inspiring to know that there are a lot of alternatives on how we can live in symphony with nature and live peacefully and in harmony with nature. So that was the first like experience that inspired me. And the second one was, I was studying and I wrote a report which is called Why We Don't Care About Climate Change because I really questioned how it seemed that people really didn't care about climate change. Like why? <laughs> so I wanted to know if there were any like scientific reasons. And I wrote this report and I realized that the feelings we get when we fight climate change are the same feelings that we get from the stages of grieving. Yeah. So it's kind of amazing because we need to overcome these psychological barriers in order to really take action. Like we first deny it and we don't even see the problems or the consequences of climate change. Mm -hmm. And then we feel angry with people and businesses and industries. And then we feel depressed and anxious. And I even have some friends that don't even want to have kids because of out of fear of the crisis consequences. Mm -hmm. And finally, after all of these emotions, I discovered that we find peace and peace because we find hope. And that is amazing because after all of these, we decide to take action. So it's not because people don't really care about climate change. The problem is that people are in these different stages and they're on their way to help. So I decided to create Greenwood Connection in order to help as many people as I want to find hope and start acting on climate change. Wow, that's it's such an amazing explanation of, of that process. I don't think I've ever heard anything quite like that. And it makes so much sense because if you think about it, the natural world in Mother Earth is our mother. We are connected to the earth, to nature. We are a part of nature, not separate from it. And we're all interconnected in this web of life. And we've just sort of created these boundaries and these barriers with this false illusion that we're separate from it, but we're not. And so, you know, when we see it dying, it is a grieving process we enter. We don't realize why, but in fact, we do go through those stages. That's a, it's an amazing realization. And I think that could help a lot of people to really process what they're going through and what they're seeing. But I agree with you. It's really important to be aware of the problems and then focus on where we want to go and what that vision looks like. You know, I often talk about in my book that um, and in this series of A New Human Story is 
it's time for us to now start to imagine and visualize what is that world that we want to start to create? Because, you know, if we're going to create something better, we got to start thinking and talking about what that looks like and what we want that to be, right? So what is your vision? What would you want to see the world look like? This is very interesting because in one course, I learned that if we don't kind of agree on a vision of the world that we want to build, it is quite difficult to do it because some people are imagining a world full of technology and others full of nuclear energy. And others think something more simple, like reconnecting with nature. So I think that we we need to agree on that in order to start building the world that we want. And even if there are many visions about it, I think that what unites us or what unites the majority of us is that we want a fairer world. So it doesn't matter that we're 7 billion people, each one of us have the has the potential of creating a better future. So my vision of, of a thriving world would be a world full of empathy, kindness, and love. And I think that these values can make anything possible, really. And another thing that I I am quite sure that we need is to know more about Earth Because if we know more about it, then we care about it. So I hope that someday we end the fight for climate change and that it's over and also for social justice. And I would love to see a world where we coexist with one another, with animals, with nature, and really enjoy nature and relationship with it and with one another. So, yeah, I would love to see countries that still have their changing seasons, for example. I would also love to wake up and see everyone have the opportunity to go to school that morning. So, yeah, I think that the values that should or well, that the values that can be a guide for this thriving world would be empathy, kindness and love. Mm Wow, quite a brilliant way to capture that thought because you're right. I mean, the perspective and the values from which we create something is how things are created around us, right? And so if we create from a place of love and compassion, understanding and kindness, then automatically those relationships will be fostered in that way. And so everything we create from that place will then come from that understanding. And so really a lot of the indigenous cultures that I work with around the world talk about the time to start to rebuild a relationship with one another, with the earth, with all our nature relatives and with ourselves, because how we treat ourselves is how we treat others and the world around us. So it's a time of getting back to those values that are so important. So in all this work that you're doing and working hard, and you know, once you get passionate about something, it's hard not to drive forward, right? And really give it your full energy all the time. How do you stay grounded and uh, and balanced in your life while also taking on these really big, big tasks? Okay, how do I stay grounded in myself? Well, after discovering all of this that I talked about, the grieving stages, I realized that I have to remind myself about three things, more or less. The first one would be 
to remind myself that there are no billions in this story because we all grew up in this system uh, full of waste, consumerism, disconnection, and that doesn't mean that there are better people than others. So we all have to learn together, as you said. Yeah, I hope to continue helping people through these different stages and find hope. But I also have to remind myself that I too experienced these barriers. I was angry, I was sad, I was depressed. So even if I am taking action today, sometimes I feel down about it. So I would tell myself to continue or to remember the importance of being aware of my emotions um, towards climate change and remain faithful. So that's how I stay grounded on myself. And thirdly, that the best way to be more aware of my emotions and to be and to remain positive is to look for inspiration. So that's what I I normally do because I believe that creativity and having a good mindset are nurtured by people who really inspired you. So I don't know, look for artists that have the same passions as you or even friends who really inspire you and say, well, keep up and remember why you are doing all of this. Great. I agree. I mean, we're all, you know, in that journey together and we all experience these different stages at different times, right? And uh, sometimes it can be overwhelming and sometimes it can be daunting and frustrating, but ultimately it's about having faith and knowing that we can get there together. And, uh, and once we start opening up those doors to those higher values and understanding like compassion and empathy, then it starts to become attainable because we start to then see that in fact, everything is interconnected. And uh, when you start to treat other people and, and nature better, it responds, right? It's pretty amazing how quickly we can start to see changes happen once we start to rebuild those relationships, right? So you talk in your in your website a lot about being an imperfect environmentalist. And uh, tell me a little bit about what that means, being an imperfect environmentalist, because I know we all struggle to, you know, make sure we're doing everything right and perfectly. But, you know, that's not always realistic, is it? No, of course not. The first time I listened to that phrase, imperfect environmentalist, was literally on a post in Instagram of the first PhD the woman in sustainability here in Mexico. I am a huge fan of her. And she was part of this campaign where a lot of influencers united and said that we shouldn't expect to be perfect in a sustainable lifestyle because it can be quite overwhelming thinking, okay, I want to be more sustainable, but I use plastic here and here and my house is made out of uh, whatever materials. So it can be overwhelming to, to try to change from one day to another. So they started this campaign, this phrase, and it really resonated with me because I said, that's right. Sometimes people, I don't know, friends or college mates 
uh, tell me like, well, you say that we should be more um, eco-friendly, but you're using plastic. And I'm like, yeah, but I can't do anything about that. I can try and make it better, but sometimes you really can't do anything about that because we're part of a system that everything is made of certain materials. You need to move in your car that uses, I don't know, fossil fuels. So I think that we should like, stop and think really that it's not an overnight change and it's really the small actions that you can make every day that matter instead of saying well I can change all of my lifestyle so I won't do anything so I think that's the message to be imperfect it is okay but you should try to be an environmentalist And yeah, that's the message that I try to resonate and to think about it every single day. Yeah. I think that's such a great piece of advice because it is, I mean, to think about trying to fix everything and change everything overnight is a really overwhelming task. But if you can just every day do something a little bit better or take one additional action, you know, and consistently apply that in your life for a week or a month or a year, now you're getting somewhere, right? And I think if we all started to do that, we would see very big changes very quickly, right? So what are one or two or three things that simple things that people could do every day to be an environmentalist or to make some change that are simple that people can apply today or tomorrow in their lives? Maybe the best advice that I could give is to be a mindful consumer. So we buy something almost every day from our food medicines or a service. And if we are a little bit more mindful about what we buy, it could make a huge difference. So for example, for me, the golden rule of being a mindful consumer is to always think, well, I need to invest in myself, but in something that makes you grow and makes you happy but also keeping in mind the environmental and social well-being. It's difficult, as I mentioned, but it's a process and you can start doing it every single day. Like, for example, don't let yourself be driven by discounts or trends. Instead, focus on what you buy that can improve your health, for example. So I believe that's, that's a great way to start. Yeah, I think that's great. And you talk a lot about on your website about the fact that we think we may have everything we want from a physical material perspective. But if we start to reframe how we look at the value in our lives, you know, from what we can actually get from clean air, clean water, green forests, I mean, like, how do we even put a price on that, right? And so if by starting to look at what we have in our lives and what we value from a different perspective, I think really starts to open up that conversation to being a sustainable consumer. One question I had for you on on the website, talk about this idea of sustainable living being true freedom and that true freedom is something that everyone deserves, both people and planets. Can you tell me about that a little bit? Yes. I mentioned that a sustainable living is creating freedoms for everyone. And I think that means that if all of us create a balanced world, then we all have equal opportunities and not only from a point of view of material things but also 
a point of view of our growth in life. So, for example, I believe that the awesomeness of our planet is the connection of nature and humanity, and not one or the other, but the balance of both. So, if we build a sustainable world that experts are saying that we should strive for that, then it is mentioned in like the UN and in important organizations like the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, that if we build a sustainable world, a lot of our most problematic issues or social issues would definitely be over, like hunger, um, access to water for everyone. So yeah, I believe that the goal is not to only think about, oh, sustainability is saving the animals. Well, no, sustainability can save everyone, like humanity, nature, and we can all live in a balanced world. It's really beautiful. I agree 100%. And that's what really is true freedom is being able to experience this planet and our lives here to the fullest that we were meant to come to this living library that is the earth and this beautiful planet that we should be able to enjoy and uh, live in the awesomeness that is is this experience. So I love that. That's fantastic. So for that... Can you share one experience or story, your favorite story of being in nature and just when you felt the truly awesomeness of our beautiful planet? Of course. I think that my favorite story is when I visited in the south of Mexico, a little town that is called uh, Celestun. Sorry. Here, we took a tour in a, in a biosphere reserve. So when we arrived, we got on the boat because we were going to visit like the two main attractions of the biosphere reserve, which was to see a flock of flamingos. Mm-hmm. And the other one was to see the mangroves. So yeah, we started riding on the boat. Uh, we arrived and saw the flock of flamingos and it was breathtaking seeing like thousands of flamingos <laughs> together and listening to their funny sound, bird sound. So yeah, we were there, we were taking some pictures and after a couple of minutes, the tour guide said that we should start our our way to the mangroves. So he was explaining how we should stay inside the boat at all moments when suddenly we saw a huge bird, which I can't remember like the species, but a huge bird that had fallen on the lake. And because the water was making its feathers heavier, he couldn't fly. So the tour guide said that we should help him because if we didn't help him, he would die. So we got close to the bird and the tour guide like pick it up and put it on our boat. The bird was huge, was like half my size. And he was very, very scared, obviously. Mm-hmm. So after all of that, we drove near the mangroves to put the bird on top of a tree so he could dry his feathers and then he would fly and he would be okay. So we did that. Then the tour guide really amazed me because 
he explained that they are not allowed to touch the animals. Even if they are dying, they're not allowed to touch any animal. So I was really impressed by his courage because he was risking his job to save this animal, right? After that, we enjoyed the tour through the mangroves and everything. And I believe this is my favorite story because I was in the middle of a paradise and it brought me peace. But also, I really experienced a true act of kindness from this tour guide. And yeah, that affirms the idea that the awesomeness of our planet is not only nature, for example, but also humanity. So I love this story because it has like both stories and it is very inspiring. And it reminds me the importance of the balance of both nature and humanity. Mm -hmm. That is a beautiful story. And it's true. It's about relationships and we're all part of the same ecosystem. And so it's about how we relate with each other and with the earth and all beings. And that's the beauty of it. And once we start to learn how to rebuild those relationships, you know, I think the indigenous of the world have this concept about conservation, not being to, you know, protect and put walls up and, and not interact. It's about starting to interact in a healthy, respectful way, but beginning to build those relationships in a way that fosters that kindness and that, you know, compassion within us, right, for other beings. So thank you. That's a beautiful story. Can you share with people where they can find out more about your projects and your work? Is there a website people can check out about the Green Reconnection? Of course, if you want to learn more about it, you can visit greenreconnection.com. That's our website, or you can find us on Instagram also as Green Reconnection, Facebook, TikTok. <laughs> so any social media that you prefer. And you can also participate in our new section that we're launching, which is called Green Voices, where people can share their experiences about sustainable living. And yeah, be part of our team, uh, volunteer, and see your post on the website and be a green voice. That's great. I encourage everyone to check it out. It's an amazing platform, an amazing site with just incredibly inspirational stories and things that you could do every day that are really easy. You could just pick up and, and get involved right away. So definitely check it out. I would encourage everyone to go on and take a look at what uh, Valeria has and her team have there for everybody and, and get involved and participate in any way you can. So muchísimas gracias. Thank you. This has been such a pleasure and we can't wait to see what else you come up with in the future, Valeria. Thank you so much and good luck also with your new podcast. I'm very excited.